Randall Peloton and Geoffrey Arthurs delve into the intricacies of the big idea philosophy in biblical preaching, a method that has gained significant traction among members of the Evangelical Homiletics Society. Their paper serves as both a reflection and a guide, offering insights into the practical and pedagogical aspects of this approach. They clarify that while this method is rooted in a broader philosophical perspective of exposition, their focus is on its procedural and teaching elements, leading them to refer to it as a method throughout their discussion. The Big Idea Method is emphasized for its hermeneutical and homiletical benefits. Though Peloton and Arthurs do not shy away from addressing its inherent challenges, these challenges are brought to light through their personal experiences as both practitioners and teachers of the method. Their exploration is not just theoretical, it is grounded in the reality of preaching and teaching, providing a valuable perspective for those engaged in or aspiring to be involved in these fields. Central to their discussion is the work of Robinson in Biblical Preaching, who originally conceptualized this approach. Robinson articulated his philosophy of expository preaching through ten distinct stages. This structured approach demystifies the process of preaching, making it accessible and teachable, especially to novice preachers. Peloton and Arthurs accentuate that Robinson's method is not merely a set of guidelines, but a comprehensive vision for preaching, which integrates a deep understanding of biblical texts with effective communication techniques. Their paper extends an invitation to engage in a wider dialogue on improving preaching and pedagogy within the realm of biblical exposition. By dissecting the Big Idea Method, Peloton and Arthurs contribute to a growing discourse on how preaching can be more effectively taught and practiced, ensuring that the core message of biblical texts is conveyed with clarity and impact. Their insights are particularly valuable to educators and practitioners within evangelical homiletics, offering a well-rounded view of the benefits and challenges of this influential preaching method. Also, the Big Idea BI method is a strategic approach to sermon preparation that affirms the importance of finding the core message of a biblical passage before engaging in detailed analysis. This method, as discussed by Pelton and Arthurs, starts with what they refer to as pre-exegesis, a phase in which the preacher preliminarily identifies the main concept, or BI, within the first hour of study. This initial stage of sermon preparation is crucial as it lays the foundation for understanding the text as a whole. The preacher seeks to determine the subject of the passage and then discern what the biblical writer is asserting about that subject. This task is performed without the distractions of in-depth background checks, word studies or theological debates, which can sometimes lead to missing the forest for the trees. Using the BI method, preachers can begin to recognize both the primary and secondary ideas presented in Scripture and how these relate to one another. It serves as a roadmap for understanding the hierarchy of ideas within the text and how they might be communicated effectively to the congregation. This approach allows preachers to intersect meaning with significance early on, guiding them toward applications that relate directly to the life of the church. Pelton and Arthurs note that preachers often encounter the difficulty of ending their study with extensive but disconnected notes, leaving them uncertain about the sermon's direction. The BI method mitigates this issue by providing a focus on the text's overarching message from the outset, which prevents an accumulation of unrelated data and instead promotes a comprehensive view of the passage. Despite the clear advantages of the BI method, the authors highlight a word of caution. 
The initial BI set by the preacher can be hard to abandon, even if subsequent study suggests it's incorrect. The early articulation of the BI must remain tentative, and preachers need to maintain the discipline to adjust their trajectory as they gain further insights later in the week. This open-mindedness is necessary to ensure that the final sermon remains true to the text and resonates with the intended message for the church community. Moreover, Pelton and Arthur's address a critical aspect of sermon preparation, the discovery and interrelationship of ideas. They indicate the significance of identifying the big idea, which is a central concept or theme that serves as the foundation for the entire sermon. This approach not only aids in the organization of content, but also ensures that the message is clearly delivered to the congregation. The authors maintain that practically every biblical passage chosen for a sermon contains an array of ideas. It is the preacher's responsibility to sift through these ideas, identifying which are dominant and which are subordinate. This discernment process is essential because, as they note, ideas within a preaching segment are not inherently of equal importance. Giving thoughtful consideration to the hierarchy of ideas prevents sermons from becoming a convoluted assortment of concepts, which is a common complaint among listeners, according to Haddon Robinson. Unity in preaching is crucial for conveying a powerful and memorable message. This point is backed by Andy Stanley's observation that sermons that seemingly present three separate points often disengage listeners, either due to the points being truly unrelated or due to a failure in communication that makes them feel unrelated. Deciding which ideas to focus on in a sermon can also depend on the context in which the sermon is being delivered. Preachers might choose to point out a relatively minor idea if it's particularly relevant to their specific congregation or the circumstances of the moment. However, Pelton and Arthurs reiterate that such a decision should be made with full awareness of the text's central ideas, ensuring fidelity to the original message's intent. The recommendation made by the authors is that through the process of determining the BI, preachers can effectively map out how each idea, regardless of its size, can be interwoven to create a sermon that is coherent and meaningful. By relating smaller ideas to the overarching BI, preachers ensure that all components of the sermon contribute to an integrated understanding of the biblical text. This methodology facilitates the delivery of sermons that not only captivate the audience, but also enhance their spiritual comprehension and growth. Furthermore, the Big Idea Method is a foundational tool for preachers who are committed to upholding the principle of expositional integrity in their sermons. The core tenet of this method is that it aids in safeguarding the original intent of the biblical authors, which is discerned through a thorough examination of the scriptural text. By adopting the BI method, preachers can avoid the pitfalls of subjective interpretation and instead convey a message that they believe to be aligned with God's words to the church. This meticulous approach to sermon preparation involves allowing the scripture itself to dictate the sermon's theme and message. Rather than selecting elements of the text that personally resonate or fit a preconceived agenda, preachers are encouraged to dive into the passage and identify the meaning signalled by its context, its vocabulary, its structure and its point of view. These elements are crucial for the communication of the text's divine message, providing a blueprint for interpretation that aims to replicate the original discourse as authentically as possible. Preachers who eschew this structured interpretative strategy risk twisting the scripture into a message that aligns with their own purposes.
This is akin to shaping Play-Doh through molds to achieve various desired forms. In this analogy, the Bible being molded by the preacher. Although some may justify such malleability by arguing that scripture can have multiple meanings, this approach often neglects how the ideas of different magnitudes within the passage interrelate and form a coherent meaning as dictated by its structure. The BI method is a disciplined practice that repeats the preacher's role as an honest broker of biblical truths. By taking this approach, preachers underline their commitment to delivering sermons that more accurately reflect the intended message of the scriptures. In summary, the BI method serves as a check against personal bias and misinterpretation, fostering sermons that embody a hermeneutic which respects the interconnectedness and integrity of biblical doctrine as communicated through the inspired writings of the biblical authors. In addition, creating an effective sermon outline involves considering various approaches, but one reliable method is to ask targeted questions about the biblical idea within the scripture. These queries help to carve out the focus of the sermon and determine the key themes to be addressed, ultimately guiding the sermon's overarching structure. Take, for instance, the analysis of Romans 6, 1, 11. A preacher may start by identifying the broad subject, such as Christians not continuing in sin. To narrow down the focus, specific subject questions are considered, which in this case revolve around why should Christians not continue in sin? and how can Christians avoid continuing in sin? The frequent recurrence of these questions within the passage indicates their importance and dictates which aspects the preacher will need to concentrate on in the sermon. It's worth noting that in our example, the text doesn't call for the conventional who, what, where, and when questions. Instead, the dominantly posed why question spans the majority of the verses, which reflects the author's intent and the direction of theological argumentation. An expository preacher is likely to mirror the scriptural emphasis, creating a parallel journey within the sermon that leads the audience through the same logical thought process found in the text. As a result, the main sermon points are built upon the dominant questions and themes uncovered during analysis. In discussing Romans 6, 1, 11, a considerable portion of the sermon would therefore concentrate on elaborating why the life of sin is incompatible with Christian life, and how believers can embody a sin-free existence, specifically through the mindset of considering yourselves dead to sin. Identifying the narrowed subjects aids in revealing the text's intrinsic structure. It offers preachers a blueprint to develop sermons that are well-organized, scripturally sound, and tailored to resonate with and guide the congregation. By meticulously dissecting the passage in this manner, preachers can construct sermons that offer clarity, depth, and direct applicability of the biblical principles to the lives of the listeners. This focused approach ensures that the resulting sermon not only adheres closely to the thematic substance of the scriptures, but also engages the congregation in a meaningful and spiritually enriching experience. Further, the concept of the big idea presented by Pelton and Arthurs is a crucial tool in sermon preparation, fostering coherence and focus throughout the development and delivery process. When preachers anchor their sermons in a clearly defined BI, derived from thorough and accurate exegesis of Scripture, they secure a multitude of advantages that streamline sermon crafting and enhance its impact. The centrality of the BI begins with the determination of the sermon's theme, eliminating the preacher's doubt or questioning surrounding the focus of their message. 
By making the subject of scripture the subject of the sermon, preachers can maintain a single-minded approach that resonates with the congregation, ensuring that the sermon doesn't meander through disparate topics, but rather hones in on a key theological or moral premise. With the BI as a guiding beacon, it naturally informs the way a preacher opens the sermon. The introduction, designed to engage the congregation and set the stage for the forthcoming message, will have clear direction, pointing towards the BI and entwining listeners' attention with the sermon's central theme from the outset. This strategic direction is invaluable, even if the crafting of the precise introductory words may be reserved for later stages of sermon preparation. Besides, the BI clarifies the path to an effective conclusion. Whether aiming to encapsulate the sermon's core message in a succinct summary or driving home a practical application, the BI shapes this concluding portion to ensure the sermon achieves its desired effect on the audience. The connection between the sermon's subject and its purpose, the transformation it seeks to effect within the congregation, is fortified through this consistent emphasis on the BI. For instance, in a sermon based on Romans 6, 1, 11, the preacher's B.I. could be the exhortation against Christians living in sin, reflecting a faithful interpretation of the passage. This B.I. not only provides content for a summary, but also underpins aspirations for congregational response, perhaps a commitment to newfound piety or a rejuvenated dedication to living out one's faith. In essence, the BI acts as a structural and thematic linchpin for sermon preparation, ensuring each element from introduction to conclusion serves the sermon's purpose and resonates with clarity and conviction within the hearts and minds of the listeners. Additionally, in their exploration of effective public speaking and homiletic practices, Pelton and Arthurs underscore the critical role of unity in sermon construction. They accentuate that a sermon should be anchored by a singular, potent message to maximize its impact on listeners. This emphasis on unity, they contend, facilitates the audience's ability to pay attention, comprehend the subject matter, and retain the information presented. This principle of maintaining a coherent and focused message is not a new invention, but has deep roots in both the history of rhetoric and the lived experience of communicators. Historical authorities on communication, dating back to philosophers like Plato, have long championed the necessity of a unified message. This tradition has been passed down through centuries of wisdom, suggesting that the more concentrated a speaker's point, the more likely it will resonate with and be remembered by their audience. To affirm their point, Pelton and Arthurs invoke the powerful words of esteemed preachers and teachers. Spurgeon, in his Lectures to My Students, memorably compares the effectiveness of one well-driven nail to the futility of several loosely fitted tacks. Brian Chappell, in his work Christ-Centred Preaching, posits that a sermon should be about one main idea, which acts as adhesive, bonding the components of the message and reinforcing its presence in the listener's memory. In a similar vein, Tim Keller, through A Model for Preaching, advocates for sermons to be laser-focused, like arrows aimed at delivering a single, crystalline point. However, these endorsements, while compelling, primarily rely on anecdotal experiences and the authority of seasoned speakers rather than on empirical evidence. Recognising this gap between tradition and research, Pelton and Arthurs call for more systematic study into the effects of message unity on an audience. They see an opportunity for homileticians and researchers, particularly those affiliated with the Evangelical Homiletic Society, to harness scientific methods in designing experiments and collecting data 
thus providing robust, research-backed insights into the advantages of unity in preaching and public speaking. Such scholarly inquiry would not only validate long-held beliefs about communication efficacy, but also would enrich the pedagogical methods for teaching future speakers. Also, Pelton and Arthur's discourse asserts the significant advantages a preacher gains by adopting Robinson's homiletic method, which is characterized by rigorous exegesis followed by thoughtful audience analysis. Engaging with this disciplined approach, preachers find themselves better equipped to handle the wealth of content available to them, guiding them to judiciously select what to include in sermons of limited duration, akin to an exclusive event where only selected individuals have admission rights. Robinson's method centralizes the sermon's focus through the biblical idea BI method. This method comprises a series of questions that scrutinize the exegetical idea to determine its significance, truthfulness, and implications for the congregation. In practice, this implies that the preacher concentrates only on supporting ideas and illustrations that nestle directly under the umbrella of the sermon's chief theme. Much like guardrails on a vast field, they help maintain direction and prevent meandering. The element of unity brought about by following Robinson's method yields another tangible benefit, enhanced memorability for the preacher delivering the sermon. Especially important when speaking extemporaneously, a style Robinson fervently advocates, this focus fosters the preacher's ability to recall the sermon's flow and interconnected parts. By keeping the primary BI vivid in their consciousness, preachers can more readily navigate their sermon's progression, even if minor supporting elements are forgotten or omitted. Such a level of discipline instills confidence in the speaker and assures that the essence of the message is not compromised by the accidental exclusion of supporting material. Consequently, the central message stays in the limelight, both for the preacher and the audience. This structural integrity lessens the risk of digressions and underpins a more potent delivery of the sermon's core theological and practical messages, ensuring that the congregation leaves with a clear understanding of the preached word. Moreover, teaching the big idea method for sermon preparation can be fraught with difficulties, especially when dealing with poetic and historical narratives within the Bible. Unlike epistles, which often plainly communicate their subjects and complements, Old Testament narratives tend to resist straightforward BI identification. When students are asked to pinpoint the subject within these texts, the range of responses can be bewilderingly diverse. This variety in interpretation highlights the inherent challenge of the process. This difficulty is partly due to the original teachings of Haddon Robinson, the proponent of the BI method. Robinson seemed to have leveraged his intuition and adeptness in reading to determine the subjects of passages, a process that is hard to teach because it is less methodical and more reliant on individual insight. Since the initial publication of Biblical Preaching, which introduced the BI method, there have been few advancements in helping students systematically identify the subject of a passage, which is a critical first step in formulating the BI. A wrongly identified subject can lead the preacher astray, making it nearly impossible to effectively uncover the BI. Addressing this challenge, Pelton proposes an enhancement to Robinson's approach by introducing the concept of the broad subject. This step precedes the identification of the narrowed subject, mirroring Robinson's initial subject identification, but it begins with a genre-specific analysis.
This analysis utilizes prevalent meaning indicators within a given genre to guide preachers toward a broad subject phrase that serves as a launching point for further inquiry. For example, when examining a passage like Romans 6, 1, 11, a preacher might articulate the broad subject phrase as Christians not continuing in sin. This general phrase sets the stage for narrowing down to a more specific subject that is formulated as a question, why should Christians not continue in sin? Recognizing the broad subject thus provides an actionable starting point for preachers to then dig deeper, moving towards the more precisely defined BI. This refinement of the process aims to make the BI method more accessible and teachable by adding a structured genre-based analysis step, which can help students more consistently identify sermon subjects within various scriptural genres. Furthermore, Pelton and Arthurs present an insight into their experiences with teaching a particular method of analysis, possibly related to the study and interpretation of biblical texts, referred to as the BI method. They recognize that this method does not resonate with all students equally due to differences in cognitive capabilities, which are not necessarily related to general intelligence measured by IQ. The central challenge for some students lies in their ability to perform high-level reading comprehension and to distill the author's intended message from the nuances and specific details within the text. The authors suggest that when teaching the method, especially when students are learning to formulate and scrutinize the exegetical idea, presumably a key component of their hermeneutical approach, professors must be patient. Mastery of the BI method cannot be expedited. It demands a thoughtful and sustained effort from both instructors and students. As the students practice over time, they are likely to find the process less arduous, and Pelton and Arthurs encourage this persistence, invoking the old adage, practice makes perfect. In addition, Pelton and Arthurs seek to alleviate undue pressure on students by placing the BI method within the broader context of Christian preaching tradition. They remind their students that this method is not a panacea for successful preaching. Historically, preaching has been efficacious and divinely favored across various hermeneutical approaches, suggesting that the transformative power of sermons is not solely contingent upon adhering to a specific interpretive strategy. The authors recommend maintaining a balanced perspective and valuing multiple interpretive techniques. By doing so, Pelton and Arthurs indicate the importance of flexibility in teaching and learning. Students are encouraged to appreciate a diversity of hermeneutical practices and recognize that the true substance of preaching extends beyond rigorous methodological adherence. This approach implicitly endorses an inclusive view of religious scholarship and pedagogy and a focus on the end goal, effective and meaningful preaching that resonates with diverse congregations. Further, Pelton and Arthurs address a critical aspect of homiletics, maintaining the importance of proper exegesis in teaching the biblical idea method for effective preaching. To counter the prevalent practice of micro-exegesis, which narrowly focuses on the meticulous analysis of individual words or phrases, they urge instructors to guide students in understanding the broader narrative or thematic content of scripture passages, the forest rather than just the trees. This approach to exegesis seeks to discern the complete ideas and intentions within a selected preaching portion, offering a more holistic understanding of the biblical text. To effectively shift from micro to macro exegesis, Pelton and Arthurs put forth three strategic recommendations. Firstly, they suggest that homiletics educators should allocate a substantial part of their curriculum to teaching students how to identify overarching meanings and authorial intentions within biblical passages.
They point out the question posed by Kuruvilla. What is the author doing with what he's saying as a tool for students to employ in unpacking the text's comprehensive message? The second recommendation concerns the careful consideration of textual boundaries, where to start and end a scripture portion for sermonizing. For instance, they reiterate how the context provided by the opening verses in Luke 15 is instrumental in understanding the parables that follow. Omitting this context can lead to an erroneous focus on individual repentance while missing the greater message of Jesus' inclusive approach to sinners and his challenge to the self-righteous. Thirdly, the authors advocate a refreshment in the basics of genre studies as recognizing and interpreting the various biblical genres is key to determining the B.I. of a preaching portion. They illustrate this with the diverse structures within Luke 15, which begins with a narrative and transitions into parables. Acknowledging that narratives and parables communicate differently is essential. It is through the narrative that the broader subject and intention of the chapter become clearer, rather than through the parables alone. Pelton and Arthurs conclude that instruction in the BI method must ensure that students can bridge their hermeneutical skills to their homiletic practices. The process of discerning the BI is primarily an exercise in hermeneutics, with the results being critical to preaching. They mention Benjamin Walton's work in preaching Old Testament narratives, which builds upon the foundation laid by Robinson and Sunukian to offer specific guidance on textual cutting a crucial step in sermon preparation that significantly affects the interpretation and communication of Old Testament stories. Besides, Pelton and Arthurs tackle one of the nuanced aspects of the big idea in the context of preaching, the art of managing little ideas within Scripture. These smaller, detailed concepts can sometimes be overshadowed by larger theological themes, but are equally important for producing insightful, resonant sermons. For instructors teaching BI, it becomes both a challenge and an opportunity to demonstrate to students how to weave these subtle ideas into a cohesive narrative without divorcing them from the overarching message of the scripture. The authors debate that when preachers are adept at aligning the diverse elements of biblical text, including the little ideas around a central theme, the sermon becomes more powerful and the congregation benefits significantly. Such a holistic approach promotes a deeper and more nuanced understanding of the biblical message. However, achieving this level of integration requires a preacher to possess both a comprehensive grasp of the text and the skill to tie various interpretative threads together. To illustrate, Pelton and Arthurs describe how a sermon based on Luke 15 can encompass both a general understanding of the passage and attention to specific details. They envision a preacher explaining that the passage is intended to provoke thought among churchgoers about their interactions and connections with non-Christians. After establishing this conceptual backdrop, the preacher focuses on the narrative thread of the prodigal son's repentance. By doing so, they illuminate the concept of spiritual renewal to illustrate the larger biblical principle of repentance. By announcing this tailored perspective, the preacher sets the boundaries of the discourse, allowing the congregation to follow a clear, targeted line of thought. Such specificity not only makes the sermon more accessible, but also safeguards against misinterpretation, as each small idea gets attention within its rightful scriptural and thematic context. Ultimately, Pelton and Arthurs repeat the delicate balancing act preachers must perform. They must respect the integrity of the scripture while extracting meaningful, sometimes overlooked little ideas.
The ability to do so enriches the preaching experience for both the speaker and the audience and underlines the richness to be found within every layer of the biblical narrative. Additionally, Pelton and Arthurs examine the complexities preachers face when delivering sermons from scriptural texts that exhibit thematic repetition. This is a common occurrence in biblical exegesis, especially when preaching through entire books of the Bible or extensive passages where a central big idea is reiterated through various scenes or narratives. For instance, the Joseph narrative in the book of Genesis, chapters 37-50, presents a cohesive story with a dominant theme surrounding God's sovereignty, yet it comprises multiple incidents, each adding its unique complement to this overarching idea. Scenes may underscore different aspects of God's control, such as his dominion over human intentions or natural events, as well as drawing out implications for believers, such as the ability to remain hopeful or extend forgiveness to others despite adverse circumstances. Pelton and Arthurs propose that preachers should approach such repetitious scriptural segments analogous to a television mini-series where each episode contributes to a larger storyline. This perspective assists preachers in recognizing the value of these recurring elements and in conveying them effectively without the need to artificially create novel messages for each sermon. By understanding the integral role that each scene plays in the broader narrative, preachers can impart a deeper appreciation for the B.I.'s multiple facets to their congregations. Also, the authors emphasize the prevalence of repetition in wisdom literature, such as Psalms and Proverbs, where the same key themes are expressed and revisited. It is essential for preachers to anticipate and embrace this repetition as a purposeful feature of God's Word. They must craft their sermons to harness repetition in a manner that reinforces understanding and retention without succumbing to monotony. To equip preachers with strategies to engage their audiences through repeated themes, the authors recommend Jeffrey Arthur's Preaching and Remembering. This resource provides a defense for the necessity of repeating theological themes in preaching and offers methodologies to achieve repetition in an engaging, memorable manner. The work accentuates how intentional repetition can foster deeper spiritual reflection and learning, ensuring that the message of Scripture profoundly resonates with the listener. Last but not least, in the conclusion of their paper, Pelton and Arthurs encapsulate the dual nature of employing the big idea method within homiletics, the study and practice of preaching. They acknowledge a spectrum of both rewards and challenges that educators face as they strive to weave biblical principles and truths into the fabric of their teachings. Rewards of the BI method likely include a richer educational experience for students who stand to gain a more nuanced understanding of biblical applications across different facets of learning and life. The objective is to nurture a comprehensive worldview that sees various disciplines through the lens of Scripture, thereby encouraging students to apply their faith to every aspect of their future ministerial endeavours. This integrative approach aims to produce well-rounded individuals equipped with the ability to faithfully interpret and communicate biblical messages within a contemporary context. However, the implementation of this method does not come without its hurdles. The challenges might comprise the difficulty in bridging gaps between secular knowledge and spiritual understanding, the level of creativity and theological acumen required to seamlessly combine these elements, and the possible scepticism or hesitance from some quarters toward non-traditional pedagogies. Pelton and Arthurs anticipate an active and fruitful exchange of ideas with their colleagues at the Evangelical Homiletics Society.
Their hope is to create a collaborative platform where experiences and strategies regarding the BI method can be openly discussed. They affirm that sharing personal accounts and practical tips will enhance how the BI method can be taught effectively, ultimately benefiting students' academic and spiritual growth. By inviting this conversation, the authors seek to refine educational practices that support the BI method, ensuring that its application in homiletics not only advances the theological acumen of future preachers, but also enriches the spiritual life of the broader church community. The prospect of dialogue ensures a dynamic and evolving approach to integrating Bible teaching across various disciplines, promising ongoing improvements to benefit educators, students, and congregations alike. The ultimate aim is for these efforts to produce skilled and thoughtful communicators of the gospel who can engage contemporary culture with biblical wisdom and clarity. In conclusion, Pelton and Arthurs examine the application of the Big Idea method in teaching biblical preaching as valued within evangelical homiletics circles. Their exploration focuses on the practicalities and instructional strategies associated with the BI method, as well as the challenges it presents to both educators and students. Moreover, at the heart of their discussion lies the methodology established by Haddon Robinson in his seminal work, Biblical Preaching. Robinson's step-by-step -step structure demystifies sermon preparation and presents preaching as a teachable skill. The BI method asserts the early identification of a passage's core message, the big idea, which informs the entire preparation and delivery process. Furthermore, Understanding the hierarchy of ideas in a scriptural passage is central to the BI method. Pelton and Arthurs stress the importance of distinguishing primary themes from secondary ones to maintain unity and effective communication throughout the sermon. This unity is critical in ensuring the preacher conveys a focused message that resonates with the listeners and remains true to the biblical text. In addition, in dissecting the teaching challenges of the BI method, the authors note the diversity of student abilities. They cite the varying success students have with high-level reading comprehension essential for pinpointing a passage's main idea. To address potential pitfalls, such as misidentifying the central subject, Pelton proposes introducing a genre-specific analysis step, the broad subject phrase, which acts as an investigative starting point toward honing the exact BI. Further, the BI acts as an aid to the preacher's memory, particularly in extemporaneous delivery, serving as a steadfast reference throughout the sermon. By anchoring one's delivery to a single strong BI, the preacher is more likely to convey the message with confidence and clarity. Besides, Pelton and Arthurs advocate for a broadened exegetical approach that transcends the narrow focus of micro-exegesis, which zeroes in on individual words or phrases. Instead, they recommend instructing students to grasp a passage's narrative or theme in its entirety, aptly termed macro-exegesis. This shift ensures that sermons are developed with a holistic understanding of the biblical text. Finally, as a call to action, Pelton and Arthurs seek to open a dialogue with peers in the Evangelical Homiletic Society to share experiences with the BI method. They aim to foster discussions that yield further pedagogical refinement beneficial for students' development and the future of spiritual leadership. This collaborative effort aspires to align sermon preparation with the goal of producing well-rounded, intellectually robust and spiritually grounded preachers.